Welcome to Southern New Hampshire University's Social Sciences podcast, Agents of Change. Here we invite students and professionals to chat with us on topics of inclusion and diversity, student success, and their learning experiences. In this podcast, we will hear insights and personal accounts of people who have persisted against the odds and impacted positive social change. Join us as we learn how we can all be positive agents of change. Welcome to podcast Agents of Change. I am your host for this episode, Laman Tash. We'll be talking about how psychology and human services programs approach diversity and inclusion. Today, I would like to welcome our special guests, Associate Dean Nick Dominello, who oversees psychology program, and Associate Dean Seth Matthews, who oversees human services program here at SNU. Thank you for being here and welcome to you, Nick Dominello and Seth Matthews. Thank you for having me today, Lamont. It's a pleasure. Very excited to have a chance to join as well. Thank you. Both psychology and human services are disciplines which have a lot of topics and concepts which can provoke debates and be perceived differently by learners, depending on their identity and value systems. Diversity and inclusion can act as disparate forces. Emphasis on diversity is about giving equal value to different identities, worldviews, and opinions while emphasis on inclusion is about creating a sense of us among these differences. My question then is, what are some of the ways to overcome this tendency and help our learners feel that no matter how different they are, no matter how challenging class material is, they are still a part of one SNHU community? And if each of us, if each of you can answer this question in five minutes... That would be great. So that's a a great question. And our program was recently redeveloped, the core courses in our program, with diversity in mind. We embedded five programmatic themes that are weaved throughout the core courses that address this very topic. So the five themes that we have are self-care, social justice, emotional intelligence, career connections, and um, we gear our discussions and our assignments around these five programmatic themes, which allow for discourse in the course room where students from all walks of life can share their worldviews, their viewpoints, their perspectives on a given topic. And as you mentioned, psychology has many sensitive topics that are covered within the program. And we encourage respectful debate around these topics to allow students to bring their value system, their beliefs, their thoughts about these topics to the course. We also allow for a lot of self-reflection within the program. Self-awareness, as we've talked about with emotional intelligence, is very important. And we give students ample opportunities through self-assessments and through um, some of the activities that they encounter, a chance to reflect back on their view, where those views come from, to identify potential bias, to identify uh, areas where they may be narrow-minded. And that allows for the ability to grow. Because without the opportunity to have discourse, to have to challenge your thoughts, how do you grow? How do you change? And uh, so the feedback that we've received from students and faculty is that these programmatic themes have been beneficial to 
the learning experience for our learners. They're able to get into the weeds of the content, but also apply a sense of their perspective on the content, how it interacts or how it goes, um, how it plays a role in their lives. So we really, we had a lot of intentionality with this redevelopment around bringing the course to their li- their professional and personal lives. And so, for example, one of the activities we have in the, in our Psych 108 course, our foundation course, is we have students self-reflect on their initial discussion post and basically do a self-assessment to see where they're meeting the criteria. So they're looking at the rubric, they're assessing their work, but the components of that include the programmatic themes. So they go back and look at self-care and then they assess, well, this is, it gives an opportunity for, for growth, an opportunity for them to see where they're at and where they're, how that lines up with after they get a a score, an assessment from the instructor, how that uh, aligns. So Weave throughout our concentrations, when we get to the concentration redevelopment, we're going to bring these themes in because we've received a lot of um, uh, a lot of positive feedback. But we're trying to allow the students to connect with the material on various levels and interact with fellow classmates and, and the instructor to challenge their thoughts and grow through that learning experience. Thank you very much, Nick. So to summarize, to summarize, your program provides a platform where students from different with different worldviews can come, express themselves, challenge themselves, and discuss all kind of sensitive issues that are subject uh, and are covered in the course. Is it is it accurate? Uh, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Absolutely, and. Um... We they bring a lot of current events into the course material because we've tried to make our program as evergreen as possible. Obviously, things change, so updates are necessary, but we've attempted to allow students to bring in relevant current events to discuss. Uh, for example, um, there were there was a discussion talking about um, social justice and, and, and the topic of George Floyd came up and students were able to debate and not everyone agreed on that case. I mean, everyone agreed what the, what the officer did was, was wrong, but the viewpoint, they came at it from different viewpoints and uh, that led to a respectful conversation within the discussion that allowed people with polar, with opposing viewpoints to engage civilly. And maybe they didn't agree, but they were able to have respectful dialogue. And we all can agree on that. Thank you, Nick. And Seth Matthew, what about your program, Human Services? How, what, what tendencies do you see in your program among, among your learners? Thanks, Lamont. And, you know, Nick had a lot of great thoughts that, that are mirrored in the Human Services program. Uh, one of the things that came to mind when, when he was talking is, is remembering that students in both programs, uh, but HSE particularly, upon graduation should be prepared to step into a role in which they are professionally helping humans. That's really the core of the of the program itself, and in that professional role, we'll often be challenged. Uh, we should be challenged uh, by clients, by service populations, by other professionals who see things very differently. And at that stage, it is our ethical responsibility to ensure that we are not allowing our own biases and our own pre- uh, predispositions to negatively impact those professional helping relationships. So the program is designed 
from HSE 101, the intro course, uh, to focus on those differences and not to mitigate not to hide them, uh, but to ensure that in our discussion forums uh, throughout every milestone, uh, we're discussing concepts such as cultural competency. We're recognizing our own blind, blind spots uh, in regards to how we engage with the world, how we engage with the communities that we serve. We talk about why the helping professions have been historically dominated by folks who don't look like the populations that they're serving and what that brings to the table and what we need to, uh, to do to make sure that we're not projecting our own values onto the client population that we serve. Of course, this is a learning process. So we give room. We give room for growth and we give room for, for grace in getting things wrong. Uh, in every course, we, you know, I mentioned earlier the cultural competency piece. Uh, HSE 330, our public policy and advocacy course, is a good example of this. In this course, what the assignment is, is to identify a public policy or law that impacts a population that we may serve in the helping professions and to identify necessary changes that we would like to see happen and then build a proposal to make those changes to the appropriate stakeholder body, whether that's the legislature, state, federal government, et cetera. And as we do this assignment, we are checking at every stage to see were other viewpoints, other cultural backgrounds, other socioeconomic statuses, uh, were these considered in the design of this policy from the beginning? And if the answer to this is no, what do we need to do to ensure intentional integration of diverse talking points and thought points into the uh, policy moving forward. And that actually starts with going out and engaging with the folks that we're serving to see what their voice is. And so the core concept is understanding that regardless of what we may feel and believe uh, in our own minds and what we may be bringing to the table, we can't effectively do our jobs as helping professionals if we are not amplifying the voices of the folks that we serve as opposed to amplifying our own voices, which is where the professional part comes in. Now, that's not an easy thing to do. It is a skill that needs to be developed and is one that we take very seriously throughout the program in alignment with ethical, national ethical standards for the for. Thank you. Thank you very much, Seth. And uh, you mentioned a point that is probably relevant for all social sciences, but maybe in human services more than ever. We are very often, not all the time, but very often we are in helping professions. And Sometimes when our graduates go to the professional life, they have to work with populations who are very different from them. And in this sense, to prepare them for listening and for giving voice to the people whom they're helping becomes crucial for establishing that connection and for being able to do their job according to certain ethic standards. Do I understand? Did I understand you correctly? Absolutely, um, and this this is this is key. This is something you could see if you were working as a caseworker in uh, in child protective services. This is something that you could see if you were working uh, in uh, substance abuse counseling. It's something that you could see if you were uh, working in a benefits office, uh, where the person who is coming to the uh, receive the service that you offer has a remarkably different background viewpoint and worldview than you. And if we look at the polarization that we've experienced as a nation in the last several years, what we've really created socially is a, is a phenomena in which uh, differences in viewpoints have created values judgments. And in the helping professions, projecting our own values onto our clients is really a, you know, a 
to use religious terminology, it's really kind of a cardinal sin. It's one of the things that we recognize that we can't do. Uh, so, so preparing for that within the program really does put us in a position uh, where we can be ethical practitioners, uh, which is ultimately the, the core of being effective professionals. And that ties up to our value, again, to prepare our learners for their professional life in general, right? That which is important value for all our programs too. Thank you very much. Thank you, Seth Matthew, and thank you, Nick Dominello, for your valuable insights. Given the importance of issues of diversity and inclusion and challenges that we all are facing on the way, what are your concluding remarks? What will be the most important thing that you would suggest to our listeners? about these topics and this question to both so for for me critical thought is so important it's a bedrock in institutions of higher education and thinking critically not accepting things at safe uh, at face value diving deeper into topics allows you to explore them and um see it opens you up to the possibility of being wrong the possibility of seeing it from a different perspective and I think that is so important. So I always try to instill this in my in my children uh, when they tell me some information they heard. I say, well, well, did you do any research? Did you look into it? And I would say the same thing to our learners. Given these sensitive topics, explore them from multiple angles. Look at the look at the topic from different viewpoints and draw your own conclusions. At the end of the day, as we've mentioned, not everyone's going to agree. Not everyone's going to see it the same way. But it's okay if they're able to put their ideas and thoughts on the table and the, the good thoughts will rise to the top, the better ideas will come to the top and they'll surface. And that's, that's where that respectful, inclusive, diverse diversity and diverse viewpoints can come to the forefront. And that's one thing we try to instill in our learners and um, allow them to explore the content. That's that's an excellent point, Nick, and 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 I think that I'll be echoing more than adding to, but but I believe that, you know, very often we we come to a a, a disagreement, an argument, a a, a difference of opinion, uh, with the idea that we want to come out winning rather than the, the idea that we want to come out learning, and if we if we do that in a the classroom, then we very well may do a really good job of protecting what we already believe, but we're not going to be doing a very good job of learning. And that's really what we're here to do. So the challenge that I often give to students in my own classroom when when we do see things very differently, and we can, is to keep in mind that if we already knew everything, we wouldn't need to be studying anything. Uh, and that really does put us in a position where we need to recognize that if you're in an institution uh, of any kind and you're never made to be uncomfortable, you're probably not learning very much. Uh, and that really should make us question our investments uh, in ourselves, in our education, because uh, the very term university means universal learning, right? Uh, that's, that, that's exactly the idea. The idea is that we are supposed to be expanding our knowledge. And if we come at differences of opinion uh, or position from a place in which all we're wanting to do is reassert what we believe we already know, then why are we here to begin with? We can do that for free by ourselves at home. We can do that on Facebook. We can do that on Reddit. Oh, we can't do that effectively in a classroom. Um, and if we recognize and bring that humble approach to it, uh, then we will be better off and we will walk out of that experience wiser for it and more effective professionals. Thank you very much. Thank you to both of you for your valuable insights, Dean, Dean Dominello and uh, Seth Matthews. And if 
I have to summarize everything that I've heard today. Probably it would be that teaching our learners how to hear different voices, really listening to those voices, learning how to disagree with different opinions, and also be aware of their own values, of their own biases, are the most important skills that we can teach them in our programs to prepare them for the professional life after graduation. I'm Naman Tash, and I'm your host for episode two of Agents of Change. Thank you for listening to Southern New Hampshire University's Agents of Change, a social sciences podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review us, and be on the lookout for more exciting episodes. Goodbye for now.